Welcome to Elevate Your Game. I am your host, Andrew Storm. Today, we've got an awesome segment in store for you. I will be interviewing Chris Doris today. Chris is a success coach who specializes in helping people develop mental toughness in their lives. Chris started off uh, quite a while back in uh, social work. And then from there, it led him to sports psychology and mental toughness training. He worked with Arizona State's golf team for a while, and then he started working with high-level golfers as well as amateur golfers, and that led him into what he's doing today, which is more success coaching, also known as life coaching. But Chris is an awesome guy, and he shares some great insights with us today. He's going to give us uh, some strategies as to how to develop more mental toughness. Also, he's going to give us some awareness as to what mental toughness is. Chris plugs his website today. I want to make sure that you hear that again. It's ChristopherDoris.com. And on that website, you can find a golf-specific mental toughness training, which is called The Edge. So I highly recommend you looking into that. He's got it half price right now. So without uh, saying anything further, uh, I now introduce Chris Doris. How excited I am to have you on here today. I first just want to say <laughs> that <laughs> I just want to say that your strategies, I was introduced to your strategies by my coach, who you know, Robert Diaz. And Deeds. after the Yes, man. Deeds. <laughs> and uh, after after uh, understanding your strategies a little bit and applying them, my golf game, I feel, took off. I was I had gone through a period of time for years where I was just really consistent, just consistently shooting somewhere around, you know, two under par to two over par for a long time. And when I started applying catch own replace and the shooter's mentality, yeah, especially the shooter's mentality, mm. I literally, I have had, I've probably had a dozen rounds where I've shot six under five, six under or better. Wow. I mean, I mean, I, I've had multiple, multiple rounds where I'm six, seven under par over a nine hole. Man, and, was and, I, and, I, and I, and I literally, I, I feel that that is directly related to the shooter's mentality. So I'm okay. so excited to have you on here today, just to be able to share with some people yeah. your, your, your ideas on performance. Well, you know, I'm not going to take credit uh, at all for the shooter's mentality that's for damn sure because i i learned do you know where i learned that i do not from bob rotella okay are you familiar with him uh, absolutely yes <laughs> okay I, i'm going to take that for granted he's he is uh he, what a great dude he is uh i've read all his stuff and when i was just getting started his first, I think it's his first book is Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. I'm pretty sure that was his first one. At least that's the first one that went huge. Sure. And Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. That became like a Bible for me professionally. And I still have it. It's in my, my library right behind me. And it's one of those books that has like 78 post-it notes on different pages, you know, because I, like I studied it. In fact, I actually have a there's like a pamphlet that I made of notes from it. Like, I mean, I digested, I didn't read. <laughs> I like osmosis absorbed that. And the shooter's mentality is one 
of the greatest takeaways that has really stuck and, and made a difference for people, not just on the golf course, but in life. And, and that's and as we proceed in this conversation, I, I want to make that like really abundantly clear. Sure. I think that one of the reasons that I love golf more than any other sport is because of what it's taught me about me as a man, as a human and about my potential and about my mental weakness, you know, and sure. my, my, in fact, that's how I got into the, the industry in the first damn place is uh, I was a psycho golfer. I was a rock god <laughs> when I started playing, like when I started playing after, I played a little bit in high school, but when I really started playing consistently and felt like in love when I got bit by the bug was after college. Sure. And, and I, you know, I was starting to break 80 and I'm like, oh, right. This, you know, I started to feel some mastery. And, and I also started to notice that I was acting like a whack job, like a bona fide lunatic <laughs> on the golf course, like tossing clubs. You know, one day I, I, hit, I hit this, I just nutted a drive off a hole that is a risk reward. If you, hit, if you don't work it right to left as a right-hander, then um, you're going in a pond. So it's a risk reward. You could have three iron in, you could have wedge in. Now I, I nutted it, cut the corner, worked it perfectly. And had a gap wedge, which was a, that, I've never had that, such a short club into this green before. And I chili dipped the hell out of it. The divot was was longer than the ball traveled. And I got so angry. The ground was so wet. <clears throat> and I slammed. I cursed and I slammed the club and it broke. Oh. So so I'm holding. So there's like the, the, the head of the golf club is buried. And I'm holding a broken shaft. And, and when that snapped, something to me snapped. And I'm like, huh. This is really weird because I don't really act like this too much off the golf course. What the hell is going on here? So that's when I decided to really start investigating this as a profession. <laughs> I thought there could be, you know, I don't think I'm the only whack job out there. I think there could be some money in this. I'm, I might have a future in this deal. So that's when I decided to marry my passion for psychology and the human spirit with my passion for sports, specifically golf. That's why I started studying Barbara Tella. And really read his books. And I reached out to him. He's a super responsive dude. Su such a great guy. He, he invited, he gave me his number right away. He said, call me with anything you want. He's one of the coolest people in the industry if, that I've ever met. So I learned that from him. So wow. uh, we can talk about what it is. Yeah. If you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great. If just, just maybe just give a, a, a little, um, everyone a little understanding of the shooter's mentality. So, okay. So before I tell you exactly what the shooter's mentality is, uh, I will tell you, I'll give you, sorry, I'll create some context. Sure. So it's a, it's a thinking tool. It's an actual tool. Okay. So this is a, this is a great takeaway for your audience. This is an actual thing that you go practice. All right. So this isn't a theory. Yeah. This is a discipline. All right. And, and you don't just practice it on the golf course. You practice it in all of your life. So what it fundamentally does, the function that it serves. And this is funny because this is the second time I've having this conversation today. That's cool. Is it's about converting adversity, and I use you can't see me, but I'm like using air quotes around adversity because to interpret something as adverse is just that is an unskillful thing to do. There is no mental toughness in believing that adversity is happening to you. That's a victim thinking. Right. All right. right. So, so what you're doing is you're converting what you formerly thought was adverse, like a double bogey, into fuel, with like into confidence. You're literally like an alchemist converting the bad thing, again, air quotes, bad, the, the, the undesirable outcome. That, that's a good way of saying it, is taking anything that happens that you didn't want to have happen and that you're choosing to think about it in a way that pumps you up, that actually energizes you like legitimately, not fakely, not woo-woo, not foo-foo, 
like legit has you change your mind in a way that you're like that you choose to create an emotional response inside yourself that is the equivalent of you like walking off a green having just a holdout for eagle right okay so so here's the story and it's called shooter's mentality because it uses basketball as the metaphor shooting a basketball not shooting a gun or an arrow or it's like shooting a hoops shooting hoops. Yes. so so we'll take Steph Curry. I think he's a great example of somebody that has shooter's mentality. Yeah. And, and what, again, what that means is we go into the story. It's very simply what it means is that when, when it's showtime, when, when it's game on, like you're on the golf course or on the basketball court, when you're in the game, there is no time to let yourself dip down what I call below the O-line. In other words, below an observation line, what that means is to have low-grade reactions. You just don't have time to let yourself get emotionally weak. You don't have time. You right. can't, can't afford it. I mean, if you're committed to being amazing, you don't have time to get whiny. Right. Period. Yeah, like for, for when, you, when you say that, the metaphor that I think of is like, I imagine a ladder. And like at the top of the ladder, I've got like beautiful states, like love, gratitude. And then at the bottom of the ladder is like garbage, right? It's like hate, anger, fear. Yeah, but it's, so, in, in addition, and I love that. I, that's a brilliant metaphor. I love that. Uh, my, my former coach, Steve Chandler, uses the same metaphor all the time. And he says it almost exactly the way he just did. In addition to that, it's important for athletes to not get confused because sometimes when they hear like love and gratitude, they're like, wait, you want me to be like soft? And then no, 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 no. That's not, that's a very important distinction because when you're in the zone, you do feel those things, but you also feel intensity, a, po yes. a, po a positive one, like yes. an incredible competitiveness that doesn't have any rage or or any kind of like comparisons to anybody else. It's just like, you're just busy being amazing. Yes. And that is a, like a super pleasant intensity of focus and a determination that is fiery, but in a great way, only in a great, not like anger. Yes. Okay. Like I have, I have my body's energy, but with that energy, I still can feel that, that emotion of, Thank you. Right. Yeah. Right. So when I talk about my game face, which is a totally separate tool, and maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we'll do that another day. Uh, the game face, your game face is the mood you're in when you're at your best. And a shooter's mentality is a tool that will help you activate your game face. My game face, I describe as warrior, expert, and Buddha. So, so that's interesting, right? Because it's got, yeah. it's got some different things going on there. For so sure. when, I, when I think of me at my best, I am fiercely competitive. Like you'd think I was nuts, right? <laughs> but 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 when you pair that with like being an expert, where there's zero doubt of my competency, and with the Buddha nature, which is pure peacefulness, it's that's when I'm unstoppable, and they and they go together nicely. But anyway, that to be continued on that. Let's get back to shooters mentality. So Steph Curry goes out in the game one night, right? And yep. he um, he makes his first ten shots in a row from the field. From, we'll just say from three-point land, because that's what he does. So he nails 10 in a row from, from deep. And what's he thinking to himself? Well, he's thinking, this is perfect. Like, this couldn't be better, because the fact that here's the kicker. This is, this is the part where people need to get it. The, he says to himself, and he believes this, the fact that the first 10 went in because of the nature of, of like, the laws of nature – that guarantees the next one's going in too. So give me the damn ball. Yes. Now, statistically speaking, that's a bunch of nonsense. That couldn't be more false. 
And that is the beauty of mental toughness is you don't need the way you speak to yourself needs to serve one function only. And it's to elevate your state, which means you can make stuff up. You can rewrite the laws of the universe and believe them in your head if it has you feel incredible. I love so that. that's what he does. So he says, hey, the way it's just like stats, man, the, way, the fact that I made the first 10, guarantee, it doesn't like g- increase the probability. It's a, it guarantee, it's a lock. Give me the pill. All right. So now, now, the next night, he goes out, next game, and he stone cold bricks his first 10 in a row. Right. And then what's he thinking to himself in that moment? Well, most people would say he's thinking, holy crap, I can't put the ball in the ocean today. Let me just start getting some assists over here. But that ain't it. He's thinking the same thing. Same he's thinking thing. the same deal, which is like, holy mackerel, this is perfect. This, 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 it couldn't be better. He's literally saying that to himself. This couldn't be better because the fact that the first 10 missed guarantees that the next one's going in. Give me the rock. Now, question. What do you think he was thinking to himself after the first one he missed? He was thinking, I'm going to make it. Give me the ball. He's like, I, can't, I, don't, I don't miss two in a row. It, I'm Steph Curry. I, give me the ball. Right. Yes. But then he bricked it. He didn't just miss it. He might have even airballed it. Now what's he thinking? Same damn thing. That give me is the, ball, the point. Now yep. I know it's going in. I'm that certain. is the discipline. Because what most people would do, like anybody can feel pumped when they're, when they're lighting it up. Yes. It doesn't take a whole lot of mental toughness, right? right? However, that said, there's a lot of golfers. You you start birdie, 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 and a lot of golfers go, oh, I'm sure the wheels are going to fall off now. Right, right, so, yeah. So great outcomes don't guarantee great thinking. It just makes it easier. But when you really need the great thinking, right, like in the form of the shooter's mentality, for example, is when stuff's not going your way, right? So he, yeah. he missed three in a row. And most people would be going, oh, man, this shooter's mentality thing just ain't working today. And that's, that's not the way it works. Like, it's not conditional. Like, you always lock. See, what, the thing that you have absolute control over as an athlete is your thinking, your mentality. Yeah. Your body's going to vary from day to day. Your, your physicality and your athleticism will, will vary. And that's cool because that's one of the things that makes it so damn exciting. <clears throat> now, of course, yes. the more you practice, the more you train, the more likely your athleticism is to show up. But still, no matter how good you are, there's going to be variation in that. What doesn't need to vary is the way that you think. So people with the shooter's mentality lock their attitudes up at max. So, so what happens, outcomes, doesn't affect your attitude. Yes. Your attitude, reverse that. It's your attitude that's locked in at max is what influences the outcomes and the results. So let's so make about if I can just If I can just break in really quick. Yeah, man. So, so – for me personally, the breakthrough that I feel like I had with the shooter's mentality is that <clears throat> in the beginning, I, well, beforehand, if I back up beforehand, I, I would I would have bad shots and I would think, oh, it's just not my day, right? Like I just can't get it going today. But w- when I when I right. understood with the shooter's mentality, it's 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 a process of thinking, and I'm not as concerned about the actual results. I'm more concerned about putting myself in that state each and every time. No matter what, I'm going to put myself in a peak state or in as good a state as I can get in before I hit every single shot. That's brilliant. And, and, then, and then what I would do is um, uh, I would, it, it, was, it was difficult at first because I would actually I, – I felt, I felt that I would get kind of tired as the round went on. 
But as I conditioned and I worked on it, my thinking became stronger. And I feel that now I can think that way for an entire round easily. Whereas in the beginning, it was sort of difficult because I would get myself really pumped up and, and pretty soon by the end of the round, I'd be just exhausted. And right. so for me, that, yeah, it's just it, by, by practice, it's like you said, you have to practice it and condition and build that muscle. Yeah. So, so a mistake that some golfers would make is that they're like, oh, this is a great tool. Let me go use this one. But then they're, they're going to wait till they're going and playing golf. Right. Which is like such a tiny, I mean, <clears throat> such a small percentage of your life. Like you can use this. So I like to say that you're tra- in mental toughness training, your training ground is your life. So I want to be practicing using my tools all day, every day when I'm riding around in traffic. When anything, I love that. you know, you think about the percentage of time that, or days, the number of times each day that something goes, quote, wrong. In other words, not the way you want it to. That's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, just little things like you're putting toothpaste on your damn toothbrush and it falls into the sink. You're like, oh, man. So even that little tiny thing, you know what that is? It's an opportunity to get a repetition in. Yes. Okay. And just like working out, you want to accumulate as many reps as possible because then that turns into the strength. And the difference between physical training and mental training is you can never overdo mental training. You cannot get hurt. There is no injury. There is no fatigue. Even. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right. So, so if, yeah, go ahead. Well, I want to make sure that the, we're talking to a golf audience, right? So let's yes. like, shoot a mentality about golf now. So like, how's it? Yes. So you go, you tee off number one. Say it's a par five, you hit a great drive, right? And, and you actually, you, you get home in two. So you're like, dude, this is good. <laughs> and everything's going great. You're like, I, I got a pretty long putt, but I still got a chance at equal here. You walk off the green with a bogey because you three jack. Okay? And most people are like, damn. Right? And they're already pissed off because they're looking at that as failure. So, they're walk- so the time, what they're doing, walking from one green to two tee, is lowering their states by complaining and berating themselves, even out loud, saying, I can't, I can't, be- are you kidding me? How do you do that? You know, just all it's like talking to themselves like they hate themselves. Yes. Right. And, and what they're, and it's so stupid because as you articulated already earlier, the lower your state, the harder it is to be amazing. That's just science. Yes. Okay. Because you're paralyzing your muscles with those low grade states because you're releasing chemicals you don't make good decisions either yeah everything so here's a good way of saying it in like a sweeping way is uh low-grade states deactivate all forms of intelligence they make you dumb and bad at things (laughs) yes so being pissed is literally a dumb thing and oh my god (laughs) isn't it so popular in golf (laughs) right so it just makes the the game is hard enough (laughs) Yes. <laughs> right i don't want to be like compromising my physical skills in this sport <laughs> all right i want so i want to give my body a chance so this is a great opportunity so you walk off and and you catch you said it earlier catch on and replace well what are you catching you're catching yourself whining you're catching yourself having a problem thinking that ah, that sucks that's adversity so you got to catch yourself oh whoa whoa here we go here we go i got a tool for this what's that thing called again i'll show you a shooter's mentality all right how do i do that here so before you even get to number two tee box, you want to totally turn your brain around, your emotional state. You want to elevate the hell out of it by saying, all right, and this is an example. There's an infinite number of possible ways that you could talk to yourself. I'm just going to give an example. You could say something like, oh, this is a, that's actually perfect. That's not what I wanted, but I'll tell you what, you know what? It's, it's actually kind of perfect. 
because every time, I mean, if you look at my history, it's crazy. It's true. Every single time I three jiggle on number one, I have a career round. Yes. Now that could be total. That, it could be total nonsense, and it doesn't matter. And that's the big thing that people need to hear about the shooter's mentality, because that's the big distinction: is the shooter's mentality involves you giving yourself the freedom to make up reality, to make things up. Your thinking doesn't need to be linear, logical, or even accurate. Something that's not even applicable to this, but kind of is, is I don't know if you remember this, but a few years back, Kyrie Irving was like mm-hmm. noted on, on saying publicly that the world is flat. <laughs> and like, it's kind of not applicable to here, right here, but it, but it kind of is because it tells you that like to play, you know, when you're performing, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, intellectually being smart or, or what or, matters or logical. is that yeah, I mean, logical. You, no, you do want to be smart, but smart doesn't require you to be logical or linear. Okay, good point. Yeah. So you can make stuff up. So it's the same thing as so it's like, you know, when I said Steph Curry, he's he know look, if he sits down in the de- the next daytime and takes a statistics test, and it's a true false question, it's like if you are a basketball player and you make your first ten shots in a row, does that guarantee or that guarantees the next one's going in? True, false. Yes, that's totally false. <laughs> and then somebody goes, well, wait a minute. <laughs> what are you talking about? Bro- bro- I mean, you're, but you even, I kind of heard you. I don't think you meant to say it out loud, but you said it out loud in the game last night. You're like, oh, that's perfect. Guarantees the next one's going in. So what are you doing? How, how can you have it both ways? And his answer is, that's the brilliance of mental toughness. Is you can have it any damn way you want. It's your brain. Yep. So, so <laughs> there, are no, there are no laws, no rules governing how you think. You have the freedom to think in ways at all times that elevate your state. And we know that the higher your state is, the more probable, it's not guaranteed, but the more likely you are to be a badass. Yes. Yeah. And you, and you just, and you, 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 I feel that when I'm in a really high state, like the ball, the, the hole just starts to look like a freaking bucket. Yeah. Cause you and, just feel the ball is good. You know, you just feel you're going to, you're going to hit good putts. You feel you're going to hit good shots. And you, 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 do you know what the number one mistake is? Now this is, is not limited to just golfers, but I'll make, this is true about human beings pursuing excellence in anything, but keep it about golf. The number one mistake that golfers make mentally is they wait. Right. For they wait. B- b- yep. Before they will what? For the feel good. Yep. They say, oh, I'll feel, good when. I'll feel good right. when I hit a good if, shot. I'll and feel and good the commentators I... reinforce it. Now, you know, I, I, get, I, get, I get a little – I watch a lot of golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I get fired up too. When I hear it, I'll rewind and record it and post it on Facebook and say what he just said, nonsense. Do not listen to that. That is backwards. Because a commentator sometimes will say, well, he just needs to start making a few putts to get his confidence back. And I just cringe. I put my head down and shake my head like, oh, he didn't yeah. just say Confidence that. is a state. You can choose to be confident in any moment. And, and exactly. You, you, you choose confidence before the putt. Right. <laughs> right? You choose confidence before the round. You choose confidence before every shot. You choose confidence all the way through. You choose confidence after the ball goes where you want it to. You choose confidence after the ball doesn't go where you want it to. Right. Yes. Again, it doesn't guarantee great outcomes, but it sure as hell improves the probability and you have total control over it. But Absolutely. but but you got to we're making this I and making it sound simple and, and it actually is, but only with tons of practice. Right. Because and it's interesting because 
you know, we are so conditioned to wait for stuff to go good before we let ourselves feel amazing that like somebody who's going to listen to this is going to go out and play their next round and they're going to be all pumped up like, oh, this is cool, man. I got this new mentality. All right, let's bring it. And then they'll bogey number one. And, uh, and then they'll, they'll try to use this tool, right? And then they'll like, you know, dump it into the greenside bunker on a par three, like short side themselves and make another bogey. And they'll go, this is nonsense. I'm spoiled. I'm supposed to be happy now. <laughs> this is a, what am I supposed to burn some incense over here and pray on some crystals with the, you know, sing Kumbaya. This is nonsense. <laughs> yeah. and, and because, and, 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 and I get that though. You know why they're going to be like that? They're not because the, the current habit and it's, it is this is to be frustrated. It's at, because you've repeated it. You're so good at having practice being pissed off when you don't, when there's, when the ball doesn't go where you wanted it to, that that's like automatic for you now. So it's going to feel, it might even for some people feel totally hokey and corny to actually like to, to, to dis anger, to say no to it. No, I'm not going down that road. I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to, at least I'm not going to stay there long. And yes. at first it could feel fake, but then after a while, when you practice, you're like, damn, this is so much better. This is so much smarter. Ah, why, how did I ever get so negative in the first place? Right. Practice. So, so if somebody, maybe if somebody's on the golf course and they hit a bad shot, let's just say into the water and they are triggered by anger, you know, for a moment, what's something they could do to get out of that state real quick. So, so there's so many things, there's so many tools for that moment. Like I, I'm thinking of like five off the bat. It's like, before I even start listing some of them off, I want to say that it's like, you know, when, when you're like a master carpenter, over time, you have accumulated a set of remarkable tools. I feel like I'm quoting that, that movie, Kidnapped, or what was it called? With Liam Neeson. I have a very particular oh, okay, set yeah, of tools. Taken. taken. <laughs> but, but, no, but seriously, it's like over time, you accumulate this incredible toolbox. And in this case, over time with mental training, you can fill your toolbox with mental tools. And some of them work well for certain situations. Others work perfectly for certain situations. So here's, well, we already talked about one. So you hit a ball in the water, okay? And that's an example of, uh, I don't call them bad shots. I call them offline because bad is just an interpretation and it doesn't right. have you be great. So, so then the person who doesn't fully get it might say, well, wait, so, so, then, so there's no such thing as a great shot either. You're like, well, there can be. It's up, it's up to you. You right. can call it so, bad, you can call it great, you can call it boring. I don't care, you can call it anything you want. All right, but the, so the shooter's mentality is one. You say, oh, that's actually, that's actually a good omen because whenever I hit a water ball, I always go on a birdie tear later on. And you can, so that's one. But another one, and this, this one, this is really powerful, is to ask every time, if you can get into the habit of asking yourself the following two questions, all right, whenever the ball doesn't go where you wanted it to, which, by the way, is like a lot. <laughs> the first, and that's the nature of the game. Yeah, I mean, that's why Rotella entitled the damn book. Golf is not a game of perfect. Right. So uh, the first question is, all right, what's the learning in this? Is there any learning in this? Because a buddy of mine, instructor uh, Jeff Ritter, he, he uh, said it one time and it stuck years ago. He's like, you know, every single shot is perfect for a certain circumstance. Like even a shank. Right. Like if you're stymied behind a tree, that would be a situation yeah. where, it's, where it's like, I would love to be able to shank the hell out of this on purpose. Yeah. Put it right on yeah. the tree. So yeah. every shot is perfect for a certain situation, 
may not just be the one you just were in. But so like, so what did I do? Is there learning in this? Like if I had to repeat that or why did that happen? Just, just, and not, not like spending a minute, even not even a minute, just a couple seconds. Is there anything, any learning? And if there's not like move on, check it out later, maybe. But the second question is, is, is like the mic drop one, which is, all right, what can I create from this? And that's a total shift. I love that. Because it gets you straight out of the complaining. Now you're like, all right, all right, not what I wanted. Let's go. What can we create out of this? And maybe the best thing is we can create an amazing bogey save. Or a miraculous par save. I don't know. I don't know. Let's say, what can we create? Sure. Awesome. I love that. Just ask yourself a better question. Ask yourself a question that's going to give you a good answer. Yeah, as opposed to what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Here right? you go. Well, <laughs> yeah. So let, let's um, real quick, let's go back to catch on replace. Cause that's a, that's a great strategy. I think for um, any time you hit, hit a shot that goes offline. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So what you're, so the, that's the, that is the most fundamental mental toughness training tool that I believe there is, is catch own and replace. So what it means is you're catching yourself when you're feeling anything remotely unpleasant. Okay, and as I, as I mentioned before, it's catch yourself below the O-line. And if you want a thorough description of that, it's like a seven-minute video that I do on my YouTube channel. You can go there and, and just – it's the, 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 um, <clears throat> the video. That yep. particular video is entitled Interpretation so, versus Observation. Interpretation versus – and your, your YouTube channel is just Chris Doris. Yeah, if you put in Chris Doris, you'll get it. It's also the mental coach, whatever. Got it. You'll get there. So interpretation versus observation is the thorough explanation of what the O-line means. The super shortened version of it is just, just neutral. All right. So like I, I, mental, like truly mentally tough people, um, they've trained themselves so that their worst reactions to reality or outcomes is neutral or higher. Right. Everything neutral or higher above right. the O or observation line. Right. So yeah. what are you doing? Well, you're catching the catches when you're, you're, whenever you're feeling uncool, which means you're below the observation or neutral line. You're feeling un uncool. So you got to catch yourself. And that's an important point to make is that all this mental toughness stuff is predicated upon internal awareness. You got to get good at like noticing your moods. So that's one of the very first steps for people is start like really becoming acutely aware of all the different moods or emotional states that you're uh, creating for yourself with your thinking throughout the day. Like just driving around, like just you know, I like to say that the most mentally tough people are, are live in a perpetual state of self inquiry, meaning they're always asking themselves questions like, "All right, how, you know, how am I doing now with my state? What kind of mood am I thinking my way into this moment? And is it like serving me, or to, could it use some love?" So you catch yourself when you're feeling uncool. That's step number one. Step number two is you take ownership of it, and what that means is you be the opposite of a victim, and you say to yourself, "I ain't feeling." frustrated right now because i just three jacked i'm feeling frustrated because i'm thinking like a rookie that's you taking ownership complete ownership of your state you're not blaming your low grade state on that what's going on outside of you results you're taking ownership of the fact that you're just you're feeling bad because you're thinking bad in that very moment that's it then the last step is replace replace what replace your thinking and you, and that's when these tools come in here. Like, okay, replace. All right, what's the tool that I got for that? In my toolbox. Well, I got shooter's mentality. I got game face. I got those two questions. All right, what's the learning? And uh, what can I create out of this? You know, if you go deeper, then you, you even have like a meditative state, which is where you transcend thought. 
which takes some training, but it's, a, it's, a, it's another tool. It's, in fact, I, that is the most powerful tool that I have in my toolbox as a trainer. And it's called the gap. And you can look that up too. You Google that gap. It's how to, it's how to train yourself to go thoughtless, which is unbelievably useful for golfers. Yeah. Because people, when people, if anybody asks me, what's the best swing thought? And I think, well, okay, it's good that you can have any damn swing thought in your routine, but where you're standing over the ball and you're pulling the trigger, the best swing thought is none. Absolutely. Is, is having a clear mind because that's how, that's how all athletes, how all, all people describe themselves when they're in the zone. Somebody says, God, that was, that was unbelievable. You out today, you, holy crap, man. That was like the best round of your life. What were you thinking? And a lot of times they go, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't really. Yeah, that's awesome. I, um, uh, I met with uh, another someone, someone else that you know in Arizona, um, Dr. who, Doctor Debbie Cruz. Yes, Doctor Debbie Cruz, who uh, uh, talks a lot about quieting your mind, and she has some tools to help help you do that. Yeah, um, yeah, she's got but, great, she's got a hell of a toolbox. She's up, she's amazing. She's amazing. I dig her. Awesome. I learned a lot from her. Yes. I've learned a lot Same. from Debbie Cruz. Same. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. I, I found that, um, I, I especially like to use that specifically when I putt, I, I just like always focus on getting my mind as quiet as I can before I take the putter back. But, you know, since she came yeah. up, people ought to look her up because what I, one of the things I love about her is she's a bona fide badass scientist. I am not. I love re- like studying other people's science. Now, what she does is she studies it and then she applies it, which is really amazing and totally impressive to me. I just like let her do the research and then I go study it <laughs> and, then, and then use it. But she's, I mean, she's, you know, she's been on like 20, 60 minutes and all these, all kinds of things. She's, yeah, she's in, her work is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Dr. Debbie Cruz and she yeah. has a website. If you, if you look up Dr. Debbie Cruz on Google. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is, this is great stuff. So, uh, catch own replace. And so if, if somebody is in a situation where they're getting really uh, anxious on the golf course or fearful, yeah, slowing things down can really help as well as, uh, finding a different state to get in. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. Slowing down is incredible. So yeah, slowing down is one of the most, to, actually, you know, it's funny you bring that up because s- slowing down, the discipline or practice of slowing down in my business has been the most lucrative discipline ever. Lucrative. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's also been like relaxing, you know, slowing down by creating space in between my appointments and slowing down in the way that I listen. You may have noticed I'm a pretty fast talker, so slowing down once in a while in the way I speak has been really powerful. So, so I, you're, that, that's great. Golf courses are perfect places to slow down. So here's a slowing down technique. Count the number of t- – so if you're getting ahead of yourself, so you're getting anxious like you said, like you're playing really mm-hmm. great and you're like, oh, my God, I hope I don't screw this up. This, if I could just par out, it would be a career round and start getting weird. So – uh, that's a great, that's great advice, man, is to slow down. So here's one way to do that. 
just start counting the number of different shades of green. That's it. And do it for like 20 seconds. That's it. Simple as hell and powerful. It's so simple. It's so, and that's, those are my favorite things ever are the simple, profound tools. I don't like complex. I like to simplify everything, right? Have it be super simple and profoundly valuable. So when you just start looking around, there's tons of green. There's so many different shades of green in a golf. It's like when you start doing it, you're like, man, there's like, like even just like from the rough to the first cut, it's like in the trees and different colors, even on the same tree. And, and what you're doing is you're getting yourself. And I know this is why exactly you suggested it, uh, is you're getting present. Right. Right. Anxiety. So let's talk about the two number one low grade states in golf, right? Anxiety. That's about worried. That's thinking disastrously about the future. Right. That's all it is. You cannot feel anxious unless you are thinking about the future in a disastrous way. Just think, just entertaining fantasies of things going wrong at some point beyond now. So anxiety is a future state. Okay. You're dealing poorly with the future now and frustration or anger is dealing equally poorly with the past. And none of that's going to have us be great. So that's cool. Catch yourself. Just catch yourself as fast as you can and say, stop that. Stop thinking like a rookie, man. And that's ownership. And then go straight into a replacement and go ahead, count green. And what you're doing is getting, to, you're getting out of the future. You're getting out of the past. And then once you chilled out and get back to here, get back to now, right? Then, then you can ask yourself one of the most powerful questions a golfer could ever ask himself before a shot is, is this one. What does perfect look like here? I love that. And that doesn't mean the highest risk shot. Sure. It doesn't necessarily mean that. Like like the crazy miracle. That's not what it means. It's like what's perfect in this exact scenario. And that could be a safe-ass shot to the middle of the green. It could be a brilliant recovery shot from out of the woods. Whatever. What does perfect look like here? And start to answer the damn question. Because now you are filling your mind with images of perfection, which is imagery. And you are instructing your body to do everything in its power to create that. So you've gotten away from what could go wrong and totally into what could go right. That's awesome. If I, if I can just be totally honest, I personally have struggled so much with those two emotions we talked about, anxiety and anger. Yeah. And, you know, or, or, or getting upset about the past. So for me, you know, I mean, I just remember when I first started playing in nationally ranked tournaments when I was a junior, when I was about mm. 14, I, I go to, uh, I went up to Oregon with my dad. And I remember I, I was like two under par through 12 holes. And literally I was like jumping for joy in my head. I remember after 12 <laughs> holes, it was like I hit this point in time on hole number 12 where I started, things started coming into my head that I just was like, I was not being disciplined enough. I was not keeping control, keeping my cool. I all of a sudden started getting way ahead of myself and saying things like, oh my gosh, what if I shoot 68? What if I shoot 67? (laughs) And so then things just fell apart, you know? You know, Andrew, that's actually a really great point because, you know, we've been talking about, so so that's actually, that's an out of control. I I don't want to use the word enthusiasm because I love that state so much, but it's, um, it's anticipation. I guess it is a form of anxiety. Yeah. Right. You're like the what if, even though it's like, oh, what if I continue to finish, play great? Like what? If, and that's 
that's fun fantasy, but it's not the best psychological state for being amazing. Right. Because it, because it has you lose. Because, you know, what you do is like in situations like that, you skip one thing in your pre-shot routine. Like one thing, like you forget to calculate the yardage, including a false front. But the tiny, that little thing, and then the ball rolls back into a little stream. Yeah. Because you well, didn't take a little half extra club or you choked down too much because you just didn't factor that in because you were excited. Exactly. So you weren't present. So not it's, present, not just, yeah. it's not just you know, frustration about the past or even like fear of the future. Even like, like pleasant anticipation of the future could have you be not present and skip a piece of your preparation that'll cost you. So that, that's, a, that's a phenomenal distinction point you just made. Yeah, but then I remember. Then I remember, like literally a month later, my next tournament I played in, the very first hole of the tournament, I hit my drive just a little right of the fairway. I hit it into the trees, but it wasn't bad. It was like, yeah. you know, just just like ten yards right of the fairway, and I got down there and I couldn't find my ball. Mm. I was looking around for my ball for five minutes. I had to go back and re tee, mm. and I made I made double. And literally, I was thinking about not finding my ball for like the entire front nine. <laughs> I probably shot like forty five <laughs> on the front nine, right. you know. And then it, it, like it took me two hours to like settle down and be like, okay, well that's over with. Like let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I like to so with your training, you so you'll so the lowest grade interpretation is this sucks. I can't believe this happened to me. That's all victim nonsense. It has you struggle. The next level up is, all right, well, let's just put that bad thing behind me, right? But then the next level up from that is that there's not a bad thing. Like, you're not interpreting yeah. as it's just an outcome. Well, I love your saying, it's not bad, just is. Ain't bad, just is. Ain't bad, just yeah. is, is a mantra. And that's another great replacement. Is there, right? There's, ah, it ain't bad, just is, just is in the water. It ain't bad, it's just, in the, it's just wet, whatever. It's just a stroke. Let's go on. What can we create from this? So there's a mantra that I use in all of my work with people. Uh, which is uh, every set of circumstances can be leveraged for gain or created from, but only if viewed masterfully. So, so ain't bad just is, is really like a super duper condensed version of that. Or um, you can say, well, it ain't bad. It just is. And I can, what, what, what excellence can we create from this? Right. Let, let me go you know, be amazing from this let me have this be inspiration to be great i love that yeah i love that so in your opinion what would you say are you know the let's just say two or three most important skills that a golfer can have to perform at their highest level yeah but you're talking obviously specifically mental skills correct correct sorry just, uh, well, just know, mental. okay so all right um Discipline thinking, imagery, and amazing routines. Awesome. Okay, so we've been speaking primarily about the first one, which is yes. really, really bad. Like I, what I call being a thought warrior. And when you're a thought warrior, you are automatically, instantly an emotional master because those two things are instantaneously and inextricably connected. As soon as you're thinking something, you're feeling something too from it. Right. Yep. You think you think about you be, you think about your success, you feel great instantly. You think about you know screwing up, you feel bad instantly, and it's, and you totally control that. So that's number one. And if there was only one, it would be that one. Then the second is imagery, right? Like using like like Jack Nichols said, you know, before every shot, I go to the movies. 
and he'd be seeing perfection. But we're always doing imagery. What a lot of golfers are doing, you're just thinking about what could go wrong. That's why, like, somebody st- – <laughs> I love when this happens. This is so entertaining to me. Is And I say that like a cocky jerk, because, but I used to be me. So, you know, standing <laughs> on a par three water right, and, you hit, and the dude hits it in the water, and he slams his club and goes, damn it, I knew it. <laughs> and you're like, you should be – yeah, you did know it. You know why? Because that's exactly what you were thinking about. Next time, think about what you want to have happen as opposed to what you want to avoid because your body is going to respond to the images you're filling your mind with. So that's number two is imagery. And then the last is, is a big set of tools that collectively I refer to as you know, routines. So that's the pre-game routine, pre-shot routine, and a post-round routine. Yep. You there? Hello? I lost sorry. And yeah, sorry. Um, can you maybe just give just a, an example of what those might look like? Yeah, totally. So uh, the pregame routine, is, like if somebody said to you, hey, what do you do before the round to make sure you're in the perfect um, competitive or performance state of mind? And I would say I've got, a, uh, like I've got a lineup of things. And I do this before I give public talks too, right? I'll do it before any, any event, not just a round of golf, but before anything that matters to me in my life, whether I'm like getting on a phone call, talk to a corporation about a big contract, right? Or if I'm getting on a stage in front of like you know, hundreds or even thousands of people to do a keynote speech, I, I go sit, I go somewhere by myself and I do the following things. The first is I get my game face on. We talked about that briefly. I go through, yeah. I got a ritual, right? Which is uh, my game face is warrior, expert, and Buddha. And I activate those states. So I totally activate the warrior, expert, Buddha, which by the way, spells web, W-E-B. So I just say, all right, bro, time to get in the web. I put my head down and I think my way into those, those states. And there's That's much awesome. more to say about that, but you know, sure. yeah. no uh, there's much more to say about all these things, of course, but yes. we're, we're just you know, scratching the surface of these powerful tools. So that's the first mm-hmm. one game face then imagery. Then, so I'm imagining myself crushing it. Um, I'm, I'm drawing from the past of my previous performances on stage. For, so we'll just say I'm doing a pregame. Well, let's make it about golf. So say I'm sitting in my car doing, uh, I'll do my pregame in my car before I even get out in the park lot. Right. And I put my game face on, right. Warrior expert Buddha. And then I'll do imagery. I'll do, I'll, I'll draw from images, memory, memories from the past of me at my best. And then I'll take it into the future and I'll maybe play the first four holes in my head and play it flawlessly. Not totally linear, like not shot, then next shot, the next shot. I'll hit, I'll hit like on number one, I'll hit a perfect drive. Then I'll fast forward and just imagine I'm in a fairway bunker, even though I didn't hit my drive there. It doesn't matter. Then I hit a perfect, I just pick it clean, nut it, and, and really emphasize the, the way it feels both physically, like the perfect move on the ball and the contact and the finish, but also the way it feels emotionally. Like imagining that state, that amazing state we're in, when like before you even swing, you're like, dude, this is going to be perfect. And then it is. And you're like, I wish I said that out loud. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, and every, we all know what that is. It's like, man, I just knew it in it. I knew it. So creating that state in advance. All right. Yes, so imagery so and, and doing that. So then it's like, you know, the first hole you may you make Eagle, but you hit like eight different shots from all different places. You understand? What no. I mean? What do you mean? Oh, okay. You're okay. So I hit the drive and, and I, and I nut it. Then you fast forward, but it, you don't go to where the ball is. You just throw it in a, in a green or in a fairway bunker and then you nut it. And you're like, you make it, <laughs> say, make it for Eagle. 
on right. par four. But then you throw the ball up in a green side bunker, your short side, and you hoop it for birdie. And then you give yourself like a 10 foot slider downhill putt and you hoop it perfect speed in the heart. So, you know, you've hit like six shots, but you, you scored two, whatever. The point is you imagine perfect outcomes from all around the hole, from all Got places, it. all locations around that particular hole, fairway and, you know, and green and all that. So do that for the first couple of holes. It's not necessary for you to play the entire golf course. If you can do that the night before, if you're a competitive golfer, in fact, I highly recommend you do that the night before is play the golf, play the course in your mind, realistic, like the way that you anticipate playing the course and everything, every outcome, every shot is executed flawlessly. That's the key. Imagine perfection. And then routines. Oh, wait, is it, we're talking about routines yet. Yeah. We, we, you just, we're in a routine. That's right. You're in the car. Imagery. And then, then I'll do what's called the convincing argument, which, which takes some effort uh, to create so that you can use it. And the convincing argument is this. If you had to create, like say in some bizarre reality, your life depended on convincing a panel of judges that this very next round is going to be your career round. You had to convince them of that in advance. Like, what are you going to say? And build that list. <laughs> Right. So, so draw, yeah. so create an amazing list uh, and use every bit of your amazingness from history, you know, sure. like your best so rounds be ever, like... your best comebacks, the fact, and then just what's present now, like my mental game is as sharp as it's ever been. Every area of my game is so solid and, and, and you may not be able to prove some of that, but come up with stuff that you can prove like the indisputable evidence from your career, the best ever. Sure. So I would basically be like, I would say to myself, Okay, I'm imagining talking to a panel of judges and I'm saying, I know I'm going to play great today. I'm going to play great because last time I played this course, I birdied the first hole. And, you know, yesterday when I played, I felt so good. And I, and I just know today is my day because I'm striping my driver and I'm making putts. Yeah. And if you also have some real data to back it up, it's easier for your ego to believe you. Sure. And when you're like, doing this, should you, should you like have it like a lot of intensity or should you just kind of tell yourself or whatever you love, whatever, okay. that's your call. Like, you know, like I would say somebody like tiger might be f like grinding his teeth when he's doing his convincing argument. Whereas somebody like cooch or going back in time, fuzzy Zeller would be whistling. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the people listening probably don't even know who fuzzy Zeller is right now, but anyway, he would actually literally whistle while he was swinging. Sure. Did you ever see that? Uh, no, I didn't. See, he's I, before I, your time. Yeah, you're yeah. young too. I know but he, he won the like, Masters back in the fuzzy. Uh, literally, 80s. yeah, yep. There you go. Yeah, but he literally would be like, <laughs> as he's in his swing, man, <laughs> <laughs> because that's his deal. Like that, and that's another important point: is don't try to like mimic anybody else in your golf game emotionally. Be, be just be the way you are when you're at your best, and be that person more and more and more and more. Right. However that is. So right. for some people, that's intensity. Some people, total lightness. Sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, Chris, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, this is all just such great stuff. I know the listeners are going to get so much out of this. I get so much out of just getting the opportunity to, to, to talk with you here. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Well, hey, you know what? So first of all, thanks to Dietz. Right for introducing us, yeah. and uh, if, Dietz, if you're listening to this, shout out, brother Dietz, and um, Andrew, I appreciate. I, you know, obviously, you probably picked up that I get 
passionate about this. I used to work exclusively with golfers, uh, yeah. pros and amateurs alike. Now I'm working with a handful because I've moved on into the corporate world, taking these tools that I used with like pro and amateur golfers and just applying them directly into the world of sales and leadership, which is unbelievable. The similarity, it's like, it's like identical. Sure. So uh, this is really fun for me. It's a little bit of a walk down memory lane, getting back into the game that I love so much and the mental part of it. So I thank you. Um, this is a gift to me. So I really appreciate uh, the invitation. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, a, I, 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 there's actually, um, you know, the one product that I have out is uh, on golf. That is yes, the one please, golf, yes. golf specific product that I have out is uh, half off right now for New Year. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, can you tell tell people? And I don't where know they when people will be listening to this, but it's it, yeah. So if you go to my website, you know we'll probably leave this sale for a while. Uh, but the um, the web it's my website, which is ChristopherDoris.com. And then if you go to the tab that says uh, I think more or and under that it's a drop down says shop or store, then it's there. I got like six or seven products, a couple books and stuff. But um, the, it's called The Edge, uh, Mental Toughness for Miraculous Golf, The Edge. And it's got a picture of Michael Allen, who's a longtime client of mine, uh, on the cover holding his hands up because he just hooped out for Eagle from the fairway <laughs> in a tournament where he, was, um, where he won the senior PGA. I think it was his first ever senior tournament. Perfect. So it's a cool picture. Yeah, so it's yeah, half yeah. off right now. But even when it's not, it's still only like 30 bucks. <laughs> Well, I, whatever it is, it's, it's worth well, it, I'm sure. Well, so. what's cool about it, though, and so I, just, I love that product because what I did when I, when I made that, I was still working with a ton of pro athletes, pro golfers. And so there's like nine modules, and the, the last one is called the tips. So there's are chapters, right? <clears throat> and it's called the tips because it's a play on words, like playing from the tips. But it's also I interviewed all my clients, the pros, and said, what do you think? Are the, the question you just asked me a minute ago, like what are the most important mental toughness tools that you think, you know, competitive golfers, amateurs and, and pros alike can use? So that's the last chapter, which is all their feedback, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's awesome. So, so if people want to find it, they go to your website, which is chrisdoris.com. Christopher, it's, it's actually Chris, christopherdoris.com. Christopherdoris.com. And yeah, because it, Chris it Doris called... was taken by a state farm agent in, in <laughs> Alabama, and he won't sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and the product is called The Edge, which yeah. you can just find on your website. Totally. In fact, you can just Google. You just do Google Chris Doris The Edge, and then it'll take you to the page. Right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so thanks for that. Um, yeah so uh, thanks again for, for coming on this has been spectacular and uh, it's been a pleasure just, just chatting with you getting likewise. to know you a little bit thank you Andrew I appreciate that very much likewise man absolutely have a great keep up the great work dude yeah for sure you too thanks take care peace That concludes the episode with Chris Doris. What an amazing human being. I truly appreciated that. I hope you all appreciated getting the opportunity to listen to Chris Doris speak with us today. The main uh, skills that Chris talked about, I asked him the question, I said, what are the three main skills that you need to have as a golfer, the mental skills to have mental toughness? He said, the first one is disciplined thinking. So according to Chris, what that means is if you feel your state 
dropping below the O-line or if you sense anything uncool, then you want to use any of those strategies we talked about to get yourself back up above the O-line, to get your state to a higher grade. So being aware of your state is, is having that disciplined thinking. The second one he talked about was imagery. With imagery, uh, he talked about Jack Nicholas and how uh, he used a metaphor with that. And then also uh, just imagining your rounds before they happen and going through and imagining perfection in that imagery. And the third and final one that he talked about was having an amazing routine. And that's in regards to a pre-shot routine, a post-shot routine, also a pre-round routine. So what did you guys think of all that stuff? Feel free to uh, send me an email or uh, post a comment uh, wherever you see this, on whatever platform you see this, whether it's social media or whatnot. Feel free, though, to uh, leave me a comment. Let me know what you thought of, of that information and if it's helpful to you. I personally just want to serve you in any way that I can. I assume Chris feels the same way. So uh, I hope that, uh, that this episode was helpful to you.